There, that's better. Good morning, Awakening Church. It's good to be here. I heard pastor say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we should rejoice and be glad in it. And there's a few reasons why we should be glad. We have a God with all power who treats us so lovingly. Even in the most uncertain times, we're here, just here in his love. We want to lead you guys in some worship today and talk about who God is, who this amazing, loving God is. declaration to every problem who can stop the Lord Almighty no one who can stop the Lord Almighty 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 
because he is the lion and the lamb. We don't have to worry about the outcomes. The problems are real, but our God is realer. I don't know what your 2020 looked like, but for me, it was a battle. It still is a battle. But the hope that we have in our lion and our lamb is that we come through this thing victorious. By his grace, we will see victories, victories in our homes, in our communities. Let's lift this up together. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. So only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh my God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Place our hope on you, God. You're gonna fight for us. There's power in the matchless name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will. No, I'm not backing down from any giant. No, no. Cause I know how this story is. Speak it over yourself. Come on, say I know. For I know how this story is. I'm gonna see. Come on. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the
time, I'm gonna I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory We'll battle the lost to the Lord I'm gonna, I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For we'll battle Take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good Every situation, God You take what the enemy meant for evil you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Come on, let's lift this up. You take. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. For my good, God. You take. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You're turning it around for me, Jesus. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Oh, yeah. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You Through it all, I'm gonna see a victory. 
gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you lord i'm gonna see a victory i'm gonna see a victory here's why for the battle belongs to you lord Thank you, Lord, for fighting for us. We thank you for giving us battle strategies. We thank you for giving us encouragement in the midst of everything. We thank you for day by day showing us the way. because God is making it happen and that requires us to use our faith <clears throat> a friend told me it's not faith if you're using your eyes Maybe the fact that God is making ways out of no ways at his appointed time and according to his plan and purpose is what makes us have to tap into that faith day by day. We may not be able to see to the finish line, but we know that it's there. It's been promised to us. The victory's already been purchased and fought for. The way has already been made. And just because we can't see the entire path all the time, doesn't mean it's not there. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, moving in this place. I worship. But right now you are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 
Come on, speak it over yourself. Come on. Wait, wait, maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Wait, maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are 
doesn't matter the circumstance You can do it You can do it Doesn't matter the obstacle You can move it Lord, you can move it Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Come on, lift it up in this room. Say, even when I don't see it, you're working. Come on. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Darkest days you are working, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop. Waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are and who you'll always be. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the You are here, moving in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Father God, in this moment, we realize that we were created with intention and purpose. And that intention and purpose is to see you glorified. We want to see you lifted up this morning. 
And in the midst of any circumstance that has never changed from our directive and our mission of being here, not just in this room, but on this planet, our placement in life has been designed with, to have the posture of worship. And right now in this moment, we move aside every other circumstance other than you, our God. And we call this moment our time of worship with you. So in this moment, as we prepare our hearts to receive more information and more gratitude to continue to worship you, we ask that you remind us that you are in the midst of our worship, making ways. You are moving mountains. You are winning victories, God. We ask that you come into this place and abide in our moments. We give this time back to you, God. We call you way maker, miracle worker. Lord, you've done so many things for us. And in this moment, we come with a posture of gratitude saying thank you. And we are anxious to see what you are going to do next. Starting in this room and then the moments after, God. We thank you. And we pray these things in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Let's make some noise for Nick. It's been an honor and a privilege to be friends uh, with Nick Miller leading us in worship here. My name is Joe Yarbrough. Good morning to our online campus as well for you guys that are just joining us. I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name again is Joe Yarbrough. I have the honor and privilege of running the youth ministry department here as well as overseeing the worship department. But if you are at home or whether you're in here, would you just make some more noise for Nick leading us in worship in this time? It is so awesome to be here. Well, I'm excited because we have a couple announcements here for you guys and things going on. Our first announcement is welcome. If you're just joining us uh, and you want to connect with our church here and find out some more information here, we're not doing any uh, physical connect cards. So please email your uh, connect at theawakening.church to get connected, to get informed about all the things going on here within the church and in the church body. That is kind of our way to online connect here in this, uh, this kind of season that we're going through. So again, if you're new here or whether you're just wanting to know what's going on with our church service times, all this kind of things, as well as what our church is about and other things that we're doing in this season, email connect at theawakening.church. The, uh, oops, sorry, the next, next thing we have is our kids' church is online right now. And you can check that out on our YouTube channel right now for those who are watching. Uh, they are doing an awesome series about the kingdom of God. So you guys can check that out. It's uploaded every Sunday morning right before our main 10 o'clock service here on our online campus. And it's a way that you guys can have up all week long. Uh, so whether you missed it this morning, uh, whether you got a free day with the kids, uh, go ahead and check it out. Even if you're not a kid, they're doing an amazing job over there. Devin and Beth are, are just really killing it there with our our ministry and our children's there. Also, if you guys have any teenagers from junior high to high school, you guys can go ahead and log on to our Awakening YouTube page as well and check out every Tuesday our online gathering where we're having a message and updating information on what we're doing during the summertime. And also, last but not least, if you are feeling led to give this uh, Sunday morning and you're a regular giver, we thank you for your tithes and offerings. And to give today's offering, we do it by phone. Text AWAKENING to the number 77977. So I am so blessed to be here this morning with you guys, whether it's in your homes online or here in person here with our team in the back that's running these, uh, uh, these awesome, this awesome season here. But if you don't remember anything for today, I want you to remember this. I love you, and I hope you guys have a blessed Sunday morning. And welcome up Pastor Kerry Bowman. 
I'm here. How about you? It's good to see you. Thanks for being a part of the awakening this morning. I tell you what, we are looking forward to the opportunity to uh, move forward into sort of the fall season in a little bit uh, and just discern what God has for us. And the reason I say that is because I was out practicing this last week what we've been talking about some in the last couple uh, few weeks, and that is a summer reset. And uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about my priorities and uh, priorities for all of us, really, that we should have, and that we should have the priorities that we're a person first, we have a relationship with God, we're a partner second, we have a relationship with our spouse if we're married, we're a parent third, we have a relationship with our children, and fourth is I'm a pastor, uh, and all of us together, we are priests as we serve and uh, encourage one another. But those four uh, biblical priorities were a summer reset that I'd encouraged us to do. And so this last week, I was able to get away with my family for the first time in seven years that we all six of us got away to have a vacation time. And it was just a beautiful experience for us to be able to be together as family. There wasn't any fighting too much that went on. We had a lot of good memories building and relaxing time. And uh, so I enjoyed a little bit of a summer reset that I had this last week uh, with our family. But as many of you know, while we were moving through this last week, there were some changes that were made by uh, the state of California because of the COVID concern. And so there was a summer reset that needed to happen for us as a church as we tried to discern what God was calling us to do. And that summer reset is not um, one that has to do with priorities for us by any means, or as we looked at a couple weeks ago, uh, a summer reset of our purpose, which is to glorify God and give Him praise. But the summer reset had to do a little bit with plans. And the plans that uh, I had in line moving through the latter part of the summer and into the fall, and for what we could be doing as a church, ended up getting changed a bit. Thus, we have most all of you watching uh, at home online, and uh, hopefully you were able to find your way to YouTube. I heard that Facebook wasn't quite working here this morning. That's all part of being live-streamed and some of the technical glitches as well as the lyrics uh, that we were challenged with this morning. But uh, there are a few of you who are in-house, and I would just like to acknowledge, thanks for showing up. We weren't going to turn you away. We tried to get communication out there, but we are glad to have you here. And uh, we have social distancing going, and it's a nice, large facility for us to be able to do that. So we are going to be meeting together as leadership this week and try to discern some of the path forward for us as a church in light of the recommendations for there not to be inside worship gatherings. Uh, one of the ideas, and several churches are doing this, is going outside, and uh, we're going to look into that possibility. We're also going to look into some of the possibilities related to larger um, uh, uh, watch parties, worship parties, and homes possibly, or how that plays to us in-house with the facility God's given us as well. So be in prayer for us, because we've had to have a summer reset, as had not only churches, but restaurants and other businesses and gyms and different kinds of things that we need to rethink through what we can do to stay safe and be a part of uh, what's being called and asked of citizens in this day. But I 
have to be honest with you, I was pretty disappointed to get that news while I was on vacation this week. And so my mind's been spinning. How can we get things realigned? And so we just decided to make the effort to move forward, as we've mentioned in an email, uh, for us to do a live stream only and also then reconsider how we can do in-house as well in some kind of form and manner. So stay tuned. Uh, we will try to communicate that to everybody for next week, but this you can be sure we will be in worship and we will be in God's word to be able to encourage one another, be able to live out our purpose in this summer reset of worship to God and also just discern a way forward to continue to be the gospel presence he's calling us to be in our community and our world. So thanks much with that. I would like us to pray and we're going to jump into God's word. Lord Jesus, we thank you that this morning that uh, there is nothing that can hold your Holy Spirit back from working in our midst and throughout homes and in this valley across this nation around the world. Lord, you are the sovereign God in control of all things and all ways at all times, and we pray to you that you would lift and encourage our spirits today, especially as we look into your words, because all the resetting that's happening to take place, Lord, you have something for our hearts and our souls each and every day, each and every week, especially as we gather for worship. So, Lord, may you apply your word, may you direct our thoughts to your thoughts in this hour. In your name we pray, amen. So, have you ever had to have, maybe it wasn't a summer reset, but a reset of your plans? In other words, you had plans to do something, and then it turned. Uh, even while we were gone this week, there were some plans that we'd made in a family uh, kind of understanding, and, and those plans sort of had to be rethought and rethought uh, thought through, especially as it related to what was happening back here at the church. And so maybe you had plans for a beautiful career, and all of a sudden, that didn't work out for you. Maybe you had plans for a relationship, and that relationship fell apart. Maybe you had plans to horsepower up and accomplish something in life, but then health issues afflicted you. We've all been familiar with these plans. I had plans for my kids going back to school this fall in physical buildings. But guess what? Those plans have now changed, and the schools are looking at doing, starting uh, out the year online uh, this fall. Maybe you had plans to be able to uh, have a wedding or something, and those plans had to be changed. There's some big plans that have had to be changed. And with those plans being changed, there's grave disappointment. And whether you look back over your life and you try to figure out, oh, yeah, that plan had to change, and, and now I'm in this course, whatever it may be, and you have that disappointment, or maybe it's something more recent, we need to understand something that God has for us today, and Nick actually did a great job leading worship. I appreciate him doing that, and he's going to come back here at the end. But we have um, a need to stay focused on God's plans for us because he is the way maker. And both in our worship and in God's word today, I want to exhort you wherever you're at with frustration with some of your plans that God is still in control and he's working in your life. And what I'd like to do with this summer reset on the word plans is to go to probably one of the most popular, if not the most popular, verse in all the Old Testament. You will find this verse 
used on graduation cards. You will find this verse on a coffee mug. You will find somebody maybe stitching uh, this uh, uh, verse into a, a pillow or something. This verse, uh, whenever we've had a parent-child dedications and I ask for a verse for your child, this verse comes to be probably one of the most used verses by parents when they think of the future for their child. Do you know what for this verse might be? Well, this verse is found in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet, and this verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Have you seen that verse before? Have you heard that verse? Have you memorized that verse? Does that verse mean something to you? Well, we're going to look specifically just at this verse here this morning as it relates to a summer reset on plans. Because we all like to make plans. But all of our plans don't always work out. And we have to do detours. And sometimes we end up not only in a detour, we end up in a ditch. And we end up sidelined. We end up parked. And we just stop life. But that's not God's plan for you. God has plans and we need to attune ourselves to those plans. But although this is maybe one of the most, and it's true when you like uh, some of the Bible apps and things, they say, oh, this verse is always being pulled up in the Old Testament. Though this is maybe one of the most popular and famous verses in the Old Testament. It's also one of the most misunderstood and sometimes misquoted verses related to what it really means. In seminary, they would teach us a couple big words. One was exegesis and one was eisegesis. That's not the word J-E-S-U-S. It's exegesis is a Greek word that basically is pulling out of Scripture what is really there. Eisegesis is putting into Scripture what is not necessarily there. Well, we would want to do exegesis on this verse, getting out what's really meant rather than putting in what's not. And it happens all the time for us. And that's one of our challenges when it comes to using God's Word is that we need to understand Scripture foremostly in the context in which it was stated. We also then need to compare it with other parts of Scripture as a whole. And then we need to bring application from that. But for us, if we're going to come to this verse and fully understand what it is, we have to understand the context for which Jeremiah the prophet in the Old Testament spoke these words. And so in Jeremiah 29, 1, it says this. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles. And to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem into Babylon. Maybe you know some of your Old Testament history, maybe not. Let me just share this with you, that God chose the Israelite people to bless so that they could be a blessing to all nations. Sometimes they lived up to that calling, and other times they fell far short. Well, there was a significant long season of time in which Israel was not living up to God's expectations. It had become a divided kingdom. There was a northern kingdom and there was a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom uh, was uh, taken captive and uh, basically obliterated the northern ten tribes, if you will, of Israel by the Assyrians. 
And a few years later, the southern kingdom was taken captive by a group called the Babylonians. Now, the Babylonians were not a very good kind of people. In fact, before we had this series, we talked about the prophet Habakkuk. And if you were on board then, you understand that Habakkuk was really bothered by God's decision to take the Israelites and let them be overcome by the bad Babylonians and be exiled and taken away into that land. So the verse that we're looking at concerning your reset of plans in life is in the context of the Israelites being taken into exile. And there was big bad king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, and the Israelites had to succumb to his leadership. This happened in three different tiers from 605 to 597 to 586 BC, before Christ, if you will. And so the exile that happened with the southern kingdom of Judah into Babylon was traumatic. You see, they always thought God would bail them out. In fact, they, they had the, the history of the Exodus coming out of Egypt and being freed from Pharaoh, that he upheld them in the wilderness even though that they uh, roamed for 40 years. They uh, had judges that came, and they would uh, be raised up and lead people back to a heart for God. And then they'd fall away, but then another judge would come back and raise up a heart for God. And then the kings came along. King David, uh, in particular, was, was at the pinnacle of Israel's glory years. And so they were always thinking, well, God's going to come through. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't exile us and take us all away into a foreign country, into Babylon. Right? Well, this was the challenge of the hour. What is God's plan? And was that plan something that would sit well, especially with the elders that are in exile? Jeremiah writes this letter to these leaders of the spiritual movement, the church, if you will, uh, though in the Old Testament there wasn't a church because Christ hadn't come yet, the elders in exile were overseeing the Jewish religion and they were there in Babylon. And Jeremiah said, let me clarify a few things with you. Let me talk to you about what's going on. I don't know if you know your geography as well as your history, but Babylon is actually in modern day Iraq. If you were to take some of these countries here, you got Israel, you got uh, Jordan, you got Syria, you got Turkey up here, you got Iraq, you got over here, you have Iran, down here, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, all right? Stuff we see on the news a lot. Well, there's a long history of news that happened in the Middle East. And so when we go back to this year in particular of Jeremiah writing this, which is about 594 B.C., I believe, he is writing them that this movement of King Nebuchadnezzar's people coming and taking the Jewish people out of Israel into what's modern-day Iraq, but into Babylon, is going to happen. And when this happens, God's got a purpose and a plan in it, is what he's going to tell them. But if you were one of the people in Israel, especially if you were one of the uh, uh, elders that was older, you would, you would want things to change pretty quick. We're, we're in Babylon now. When's this going to end? When's this going to end? Well, it's interesting because it wasn't just Jeremiah of that day. You know, there were other preachers. There were other so-called prophets. 
And to understand the context of what Jeremiah is speaking in 29.11, you need to go back and understand what happened in chapter 28. And so if you have your scriptures, your electronic devices, we won't put it up here on the screen, but it says this in verse 20 in chapter 28 in the fifth month of that same year the fourth year early in the reign of Zedekiah king of Judah the prophet Hananiah said to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priest and all God's all the people this is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon Within two years, I will bring back to this place all the articles of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, removed from here and took to Babylon. He goes on and gives this recorded prophecy. What was his name? Jeremiah? No, it wasn't Jeremiah. It was another dude. His name was Hananiah. And Hananiah was giving false good news. We hear a lot today about fake news. You know, they didn't have 24-7 uh, uh, news programs on cable back then, but they had prophets and other people running around supposedly claiming, I'm speaking for God, I'm speaking for God. And as I speak for God, God would say to you, we're only going to be in Babylon for a couple years, and then we're all going to come back. Everything that was taken there is coming back, it's coming back. God's for us, we're so happy, God's good. Now, a lot of times, fake good news gets bought into by people. Why? Because it's good news. We want to hear things that would make us feel better. But Hananiah was a false prophet. Hananiah had no right to say the Lord said this when the Lord had not said this at all. And so Jeremiah is quite frustrated with this, and that's why in the last part of 28, leading up to our chapter, chapter 29, you find this. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah, the prophet, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, yet you have persuaded this nation to trust in lies. And God had spoken in chapter 28 that these were lies. And so Jeremiah was giving this message to Hananiah. You have no rights to give fake news to the people and build up hopes when that's not the word of God. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to remove you from the face of the earth. This very year, you are going to die because you have preached rebellion against the Lord. Now, you think there's a lot of drama going on sometimes in our current culture and society and our world news? <laughs> there was drama going on there. It probably would have made a good uh, uh, Netflix series, to be honest, because this is what the next verse says. In the seventh month of that same year, Hananiah the prophet died. Whoa! Here's Hananiah giving some false good news, some fake news. And, and Jeremiah says, no, that's not it. The Lord says, you're going to be dead in a year. And he was dead in shorter than a year. In the seventh month, he died. And friends, this is the reason that today people will name their child Jeremiah, but you do not find many people named Hananiah, right? We want something that's beautiful and good and powerful and righteous and Jeremiah was a great prophet but here's Jeremiah then turning in this chapter 29 to the 
elders who are in exile, God says, send them a letter to let them know that no, it's not going to be two years. It's not going to be two years at all. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And if you'll look into Scripture, in verses 5 through 9, the word that's given to them through the prophet is basically one to chill out. Chill out, slow down, be comfortable. God is at work, he's going to tell them, but this is what you need to do. And so you find these words in chapter 29, uh, beginning with verse 5. It says this. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, as mentioned here. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your son and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yet this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in the name I in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So those are the words right before our verse that we're looking at concerning Jeremiah uh, 29:11. When he says this, in verse 10, I'm sorry. This is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. So this then preempts or precedes the verse 11, which says, know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, we take that verse on our coffee mug or get it on our graduation card, and we're like, oh, that's, that's great. God's got plans for my life to prosper me, not to harm me, give me a hope and a future. Thank you, God. appreciate that. But I want to ask you, if you had been a, one, of those prof, uh, one of those elders in exile or one of the Israelites in exile in Babylon, and that word came to you, would that make you happy or not? Because the word from Hananiah was two years, you're going to be messed up. And then Jeremiah comes back and says, no, 70 years. Well, if you're an elder, you're probably already 70. That means you're not going to be seeing this. And so this prophecy in verse 11 then, which we take as good news... And very encouraging for us in our personal lives as we're journeying on from week to week was crushing news in many ways to them. But they needed to step back and they needed to get a handle on things because God was telling them, chill out, settle down. I have some plans that are going on. Build houses, send your daughters off in marriage, have children. God had plans for these 70 years with Israel in Babylon. 
I wasn't necessarily going to continue this summer reset series for this week and next until I was away practicing my four Ps and enjoying some vacation time. And then word came that, you know, and it wasn't just the California word, it's national word, that this COVID thing seems to be wreaking as much havoc now as it always has. Now, there's a lot of debate there's a lot of opinions on all sides of this things, and whoa, do I get them, especially as a leader. What I've tried to do is to navigate this road and say, I can't control what happens, but I can seek God to say, God, what are you saying in the midst of what is happening? And for me, there's a word that has come clearly from this situation and this passage in Jeremiah where God says, I have plans. I have plans, Carrie, they may not be what your plans are, but you need to watch what I will do. Now, does that mean that God brought about COVID, that that mean that God's bringing some judgment on this country, on the world, those kinds of things? You can go in all kinds of different directions with that, but I tell you what, we need to at first attune ourselves to the heart of God that's behind it. It's not for us to decide those things, but we live in space and time where we need to be effectively fulfilling the purposes of God. And so I got myself finally turned around and attuned to that summer reset just in the last 24 hours, if I was to be honest with you. The last 24, 48 hours, I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to push. There's another scripture that says don't push back against the goads or the prongs of the oxen that are behind you. Don't, don't get harmed by that. But, but seek me out. Discern what plans I have that can come about because it's not to harm you or to harm the church. God is in control of all things and all ways at all times. And whether it's a plan that has been busted because of the COVID journey, whether you're not going back to school to see your friends or your uh, business employment issues are in question, or maybe if you're a business owner, your very livelihood and the business itself is in question, there's all kinds of plans that cause us to be shaken. We need to tune our heart to God and understand that he will lead and lead us well as his people. And we need to attune ourselves not to our plans, but to his plans. We as a church will seek to map out, hopefully, his plans for us as a church as we move through these weeks and into the fall. But I know some churches that have decided not to have in-house worship until the first of the year. Some large churches who have a lot of challenge and difficulty in doing such things. And I'm like, what? How could you write off having in-house services until January 1st of 2021? But I don't sit in judgment on those kinds of people. There's other churches that are staying ramped up and saying we're meeting every week and this is what God's called us to do. I'm not sitting in judgment on those kinds of things either. What I have to do as a pastor and for us as a body, and whether you're at home, for a few of you that are here today, we have to say... This is not my world. It's not about me. And it's not even about us as a church. What is God doing? What are his plans? How do we step into that? And if you're in a personal challenge and a personal struggle in your life right now, sometimes it is a wake-up call. Sometimes it is God saying, chill out. Step back. Let's figure this out. What, what else could be happening? Or what other direction could this thing go that can bring glory to me? 
Because all this world and our very lives that we've been gifted are about God and His glory. That's the summer reset for our purpose. So I want to encourage us. The summer reset on the plans is to tune ourselves to what God is saying. And sometimes it may not be the news that we want to have. I don't know. I would think that maybe it's sooner rather than later, but only the Lord knows in that as we journey through. So let me take on that verse. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Woohoo! Yes, I want to know them too. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. That's where we're going to stop. Because in America, the word prosper means what? Material gain. It means things looking good. It means popularity. It means power. It means prestige. Whatever it may be, prosper in an American Western culture has a lot to do with our personal gain. And a lot of times when we hear this verse, that's where we go. But the word prosper here, the Hebrew word, is the word salak. And salak means not so much the idea of gain, but rather the idea of moving forward, making progress, accomplishing things, humbly, prayerfully, and in God's will. The story was passed along to me this week of Joseph. When Joseph was exiled in Egypt, he gained favor with the Pharaoh. He prospered, it says. But his prospering wasn't because he was trying to gain favor with the Pharaoh. He was prospering because he wanted to um, fulfill what God had called him to do. And God was moving him forward and giving him progress, accomplishing things humbly and prayerfully, seeking to do God's will. And Joseph rose up through the ranks and was able to find a place of great influence. So this idea of prospering should not go immediately to material gain. Now God gives material gain sometimes, but this verse has been misused and out of context. A lot of times say, hey, there's proof. God's going to prosper you and not harm you. His plans are to prosper you to move you along as you humbly seek His will and to be able to lift you up and to make you strong. He will not harm you. It's His primary disposition. He plans to give you hope and a future. Now, though this scripture was not written to us, it is written for us as God's people if you have a heart to pursue God. And so I want to encourage you that you can grab a hold of this. You can keep it on your coffee mug. You can keep it plastered in the, in the plaque that's on a wall somewhere and gain hope from it. But you need to understand that this verse is not meaning that everything's going to go easy. In fact, there's a lot of trials. There's a lot of sufferings. The New Testament says that we have the joy of sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Why don't we put that one on the wall or on a coffee mug? We don't. We, we're like... I like this one better. This, this makes me feel good. This is good news, right? But could it be that this verse has to do with a much bigger picture of God's plans, not only for our world, but his plans for your life? Because you see, God's plan is for you to become like Christ, to worship and glorify him here and forever. 
And God's plans for you to take as many people with you into heaven as you can. And I tell you what, a lot of times our focus is very what? Naturalistic, myopic, here and now. How do I get my fulfillment? How do I get my dibs? How do I find my gain in life so that I can have hope and a future and be at ease? Well, his plan may be different than your plan. You need to move to the verse after Jeremiah 29, 11. Do you know what that verse says? Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. In the midst of this exile, in the midst of this reset, God's asking us, you and I, to call on him and come pray to him and listen. He will listen to you when you come. And when you come, it's not just a, a, a lollygagging kind of, hey, you know, whatever, God. No. When you, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Have you ever had a change of plans, a crisis dropped in your life that's caused you to crash? Where do you crash? Do you crash on the floor? Do you crash to an addiction? Or do you crash back on God and say, I need to seek you. I need to know you. Friends, I tell you what, many people are in the faith today and walking with the Lord Jesus Christ because of a crisis that's come into their life. And they chose to do the right thing with that crisis, which was turn to God and run to Him, to seek Him with all their hearts. And I don't know where you're at in your life today as you sit there in your living room watching online somewhere. I actually watched the service last week uh, with my family along a beach on my phone. I want us to dig in our ears afresh and anew. And if you do not know God, seek Him. Seek Him with all your heart wherever you're at this morning. Whatever's going on. Because when you seek Him, you will be found by Him. But many times we have all these other priorities in life. We have things to do, people to see, right? Things to accomplish. Has there ever been a season in your life where you've really sought God? Where you've taken His Word and you've tried to read His Word and study it and understand it? Let Him speak to you out of this Word. Seek Him with all of your heart. And then it says in verse 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Can I tell you what happened because of the Babylonian captivity? Never again after the Babylonian captivity did the Israelites struggle with idolatry as it related to worshiping other objects and things. They always seemed to fall to the pagan uh, people around them, and they would worship the God of Baal and other things. That would, but after the exile, those 70 years when God did bring them back, never again have the Jewish people fallen to idolatry. Also, God didn't put the people in Babylon and put a scourge on them. They multiplied. They had a fairly protected life, even though they were in exile. And they did grow in number. And there were a lot of good things that happened in Babylon. 
for them as a people. Do you know also that one of those people in Babylon exile was the prophet Daniel? And the prophet Daniel grew in stature with Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel was able to, to speak and to prophesy into Nebuchadnezzar's life. And even though he went amiss here and there, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar actually came to believe and understand that there was a one true God. There were other things that happened. It was the word of uh, the prophetic word that actually came. Do you remember when Jesus was born, the Magi came from the east? Well, where was the east? It was Iraq, Babylon, the Persian. When they came, they had a prophetic interest because they had heard of a would-be king, and they followed this star as magi, as people studied the stars. And where would that interest came from? Because when the Israelites were taken into captivity, there was knowledge of God, there was a prophetic word that came, and you also realize that when the Israelites were exiled into Babylon, they became a voice to a bunch of other people and other nations. The diaspora is the, the scattering of people in other countries. And the Jewish people have been scattered for so long in different places. And it actually set up then when Jesus Christ came and Paul started to do his missionary journeys. Why would he be able to go and find people that knew about the one true God? Because there was a scattering of the Jewish religion at the time. It was in Babylon that synagogues were set up. And that's where they began to worship because they couldn't worship at the temple anymore. They were no longer in Jerusalem. And when Paul went to his different missionary journeys, where did he go first to proclaim Jesus Christ? He would go to the synagogues that were in these places. And why were the synagogues there? Is because the Jewish people had been scattered. Seventy years, God had his plan that came into culmination with being able to proliferate even best great news, which is the news that our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ, and we can have a relationship with Him. If we seek Him, we will find Him with all of our heart. I will bring you back from captivity from all the nations. God had big picture plans going on. And so many times, we have myopic, small vision. When plans don't go our way. So if your plans have to change, are our plans being changed as a church? Sure they are. But this week, I'm going to be seeking the Lord. And I pray that you'll seek the Lord with us. And if you got thoughts, send them to me. Email me. Interact with me. We're going to be meeting as staff and even aboard. God, what are your plans for us moving forward as a church? Into the fall. Are your plans for us to do uh, an outdoor service? Are your plans for us to mix and match up other kinds of ideas? Maybe things we've not thought of, need to get better with the whole live stream, and people are watching this literally in all kinds of other states here this morning that would have never happened a few months ago if the pandemic didn't happen because we wouldn't have gone to live stream. God has his plans. His plans are to prosper us, move us forward to accomplish things. And what are we accomplishing? That which is in His eternal good. He will not harm us. Does not mean we won't have troubles and sufferings. But He will give us hope. He will give us a future in all things. I want to close with a couple things here. Some of you might be familiar with a missionary by the name of Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was a great missionary who founded the China Inland Mission. 
Hudson Taylor, you will not find Hudson Taylor's name in a place where uh, there is a discrediting of his character or his passion for God in any regards. He served the Lord faithfully and opened up China in many ways and the inland part to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in 1900, 1900 and 1901, there was the Boxer Rebellion. The Boxer Rebellion was a group of people that rose up that said, we need to get rid of all, of all the foreigners in our country. It turned pretty bloody. In fact, Hudson Taylor got deeply discouraged. Hudson Taylor saw missionaries being murdered and killed. His plans that he had to see the gospel go forward when China were, were halted or stopped. And he became very discouraged. And he wrote in his journal during this time, he summarized his spiritual condition this way. He said, I can't read. I can't think. I can't pray. But I can trust. I can't think. I can't pray. I can't read, but I can trust. Have you been in a place, maybe you're in that place this morning, where your plans have been crushed, what do I do, where do I go? You can't even read, you can't even pray, you can't even think very well. But you can do this, you can trust. And that's exactly what Hudson Taylor did. And when the Boxer Rebellion calmed down, the ministry efforts were able to go on forward. And many times we find ourselves in those kinds of troubling times where we need to trust. We need to trust in a good God. The reason is because God passes this word from his people onto us in this day and age because we as followers of Jesus, if you are a follower this morning, you are a part of what's called the new covenant. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he brought all those who were desiring to be followers of him into his people group, into his house, if you will. And so we can take a verse like Jeremiah 29 and 11 and go, yeah, that wasn't necessarily meant to be for me because it was to the Israelites that were in exile in Babylon. And, and you can share that with all your friends now if you want, right? Because you learned it this morning. But because of Jesus Christ, and if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and his blood that was shed and the new covenant, you now have become the people of God as surely as the Jewish people had been the chosen people of God. So as the people of God, that verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, is a verse for you as part of the people of God. And so you embrace that and you trust that even though you can't read, you can't think, you can't even pray, you can trust. And that's where we need to keep our anchor, especially during this time. I don't know what the news will hold this next week, neither do you. We don't know what state will change what in this whole uh, pandemic environment. We don't know what the fall election will hold. But I tell you what, the people of God better be embracing and trusting God because His will will not be thwarted in this life, no matter what happens tactically on the ground from one year to the next year to the next year. When Hudson Taylor was in the midst of the Boxer Rebellion for those two years, do you think he was crushed into spirit and discouraged, but did he lose hope? No, because he had hope in the God who had sovereign control and leadership in all things. I don't know what God's doing. You don't know what God's doing. But what we need to do is we need to make progress. We need to have prosperity 
prosper as it relates to doing His plans and His will. And so I challenge us. Let's move out, friends. Let's move out as a church. Let's continue on the path. If there is somebody, and I said it in my email to everybody this week, if there is somebody that you know that is down, discouraged, uh, maybe broken, maybe their plans are falling apart, maybe there's financial distress, whatever it may be, you are the people of God to be the presence of Christ in those situations. And we need to actively do what God's calling us to do. A lot of the bantering, I let go by. Part of my challenge this week was I was on vacation. I didn't listen to any of it. And so I really didn't even know the context of what was happening back here in, Cal- in Cal- Southern California. But I knew my Lord because I had the opportunity every morning to be able to be in God's Word, to be able to walk in some beautiful places of nature, and to be attuned my heart to Him. I want to prosper. God wants me to prosper. But that prosperity has to do with making progress and forwarding His will and purpose to the people that are around me. Lord, how do I lead? How do I help others? How would He answer that question to you? This verse, which talks about us being brought into the new covenant, Romans eight thirty two. He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give to us all things. In Christ, all things are given to us. I'm going to invite Nick to come back up here. And Nick, um, Nick leads worship in some other places, I understand, with some family members, is that right? I also understand that Nick has a heart to really use his gifts for God and You've got a beautiful solo voice and, and uh, some of your leadership and worship. What I want us to do here this morning, um, Awakening, is I want to have us remember that great work Jesus Christ did for us at the cross. Because that work that Christ did for us at the cross brings to us all good things because He cares for us. And so, Nick close us with this song. I know that you sing fairly well. That might be familiar to some of us. And let this be our amen and our amen. If you have needs in your life, we are more than glad to minister to those needs. You can email pray at theawakening.church. We'd be glad to interact with you. But in this time of social distancing, when we're not always able to see one another, and even if we are in the same place, we have masks on and we're six feet apart, all that, we can't do the hugging like we want to do. I trust that you will be able to hug the presence of Jesus and to seek Him with all of your heart. And as Nick closes with this song, just take a moment in your own space where you're at and allow the Spirit to minister His love and encouragement to you. Because he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not graciously give to us all things? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes it causes me to 
never part another sea I will still serve you Lord cause you are my God and King so I'll sing thy will be done thy will be done if you never pull me out the fire if you let me crash into the sea I will still love you, Lord, because you first loved me. Now were you there when that stone was rolled away? See, I'm so glad that my soul's been rolled away. Sometimes it causes me to I say sometimes it causes me To think about what you've done I say sometimes it causes me to Say thank you Lord, oh Lord I say sometimes it causes me I say sometimes it causes me Sing hallelujah, I say sometimes it causes me to tremble, to tremble, or to just tremble, cause grace was there when they crucified, thank you for your grace, love was there when they laid you in, and that's why, that's why I'm so glad that my stone's been rolled Cause you've came from heaven to earth Just to show us all the way From the earth to the cross My debt you paid From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky So I'll lift your name and say Thy will be done on the darkest of days, Lord. Still, thy will be done. When we 
can't see a way out that it will be done when the battle gets harder lord still thy will be done in the midst of the chaos still thy will be done when the noise is all around thy will be done if you tell us to go we'll go thy will be done so we say yes to thy will be done